go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ask Me Anything presented by Mojo Consulting. I'm your host, Angel Leon, Mojo's HR advisor. In this week's episode, we'll be listening in to part two of Dynatrace and Mojo Consulting CIO roundtable discussion about moving forward in tech. As a reminder, our panelists include Grant Dawson, Vice President of IT for T2 Systems, Norav Shaw, Vice President of IT for Republic Airways, Michael Loggins, Global Vice President of IT for SMC, and Mosher Consulting's very own Sean McAdams, our Vice President of Data Analytics. Let's continue the conversation. All right, so I got a couple questions here that were really, um Probably personal questions, like I, not personal, like I'm gonna ask you personal questions, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, that's right. Uh, let me get the visa card. Yes, yes. Um, I feel like, you know, it, personally, that it's important when you're in leadership that you're trying to take advantage of relationships um, outside of uh, the company. And so uh, I think it's become more common for having like mentorships or, Either personally you have mentors or that you are actually returning. You talked about spending the first 40 years um, in, in the next 40 years investing in others. Yes. So do you currently participate either in mentorship group for yourself, peer groups, things like that that are outside of your organization, um, as well as taking time to mentor others? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I... Uh, the way I do that is, you know, I, I, I run myself almost like an organization. Uh, and what I mean by that is I, I intentionally have picked my board of directors. Right. So they are a very diverse group of leaders. Some are in town, some are not in town. Uh, and it, they are intentionally diverse uh, because that's where I learn the most and they challenge me the most. And I meet with them often. So they are kind of, they are the one who are mentoring me uh, as I speak. And then I do the same. I, I, I return the favor for some individuals that either have worked for me in the past or have met through other networking events and have asked me to be their mentor. But both of those relationships has to be bi-directional and both of those relationships needs to have commitment be behind it. So, mm -hmm. but I absolutely, that's, it's, you have to do it. You have to, otherwise, otherwise the growth stops. And one thing I want to say when Grant says earlier, like if you, as a leader, you fail, if you are the smartest person in the room. So you better not be the smartest person in the room. Yeah, and absolutely. You, you hire everybody who's smarter than you and yes. get the heck out of their way. Yeah. yeah. Any other comments on mentorship or mentoring? Same as Rob. I mean, yeah. uh, I know I got to where I was because of that community and that, that group of mentors that helped me figure mm -hmm. out how I wanted to be. And I still tap into them. I, you know, I know I'm not done growing and, and learning. So I still tap into those mentors. And yeah, absolutely, through networks, through other groups, anything I can provide, former employees, former colleagues, other networks, um, I'm, I'm always mm -hmm. uh, willing to listen. I'm always willing to, to help mm -hmm. because, you know, this is a, a, a small community, and you know yeah. we're all we're all in it together. You know, like I said, we're not competing against each other. We need to make yeah. sure that we're nurturing, nurturing the environment. So. Yeah. Well, one of the critical aspects I feel like to modernization is how we're also taking a look at ourselves, and we're getting better. So when you get into these leadership positions, of which I think a large portion of our audience may be in. Um, you get that initial opportunity, you get so tactical in the things that you have to do that sometimes you forget about how am I working on myself. And I feel like um, one of the things at least key for me is having people that you're mentoring. So being accountable and, and challenged to invest in people, but then also interacting with folks 
um, that still are pouring into you. And so I kind of just wanted to get your feedback on. From a mentor standpoint, one of the best things, like Naraf said, he picked his board of directors. Yeah. You have someone on there who call your BS. Mm. Yes. As, as, we, as we get in these rules, we end up building all this stuff that we think is happening or how we think we are. And it's not really what it is, you know, and it, it, it takes somebody willing to tell us that, you know, we're, we're wrong or we're off right. to, to really get us to refocus and look at ourselves to be able to make, you know, continue to grow that way. Yeah, I always try to pick people that make me feel uncomfortable to mentor me, right? Um, because those are the ones that I know that are going to stretch me the most. Um, you know, and, and I think the other thing is, is I try every year and, and, you know, there's no formula to it, right? But everybody in this room can think of that one person that took a chance on you some yep. point in your life, right? Yep. So I try to look around for diamonds in the rough. And that one person that just no one's taken a chance on them yet. Yep. And I tell you what, I'm five for five. Awesome. And, and, and it's just because I think people, when they see that, you know, hey, this person sees something in me. And, you know, you sit them down. You have that conversation like, I see something awesome in you. Let's unlock it. What do we got to do to do that? I mean, just something flips, right? They're like, someone's on, some, someone's my cheerleader. Someone's going to pick me up. And it's just a great experience to kind of to watch that play out. And I mean, I get chills thinking about it because it's, to me, there's nothing better. Nothing better. Yeah. Any questions from in person uh, about topics of uh, people? I do have a question online. Um, I am going to break a promise that I had, I had made because uh, we went through kind of the script and ideas for this and there was nothing about COVID. <laughs> uh, and they said, hey, wait a minute, there's no questions in here about uh, COVID. And I was like, yeah, no, I wasn't going to do that. But we do have questions about it. And so um, uh, how, you know, has, you know, the pandemic affected sort of your, your staffing? Are you working remotely? Uh, do you have mixed or what are you guys at as far as your, your IT organization? So I, uh, we have an hybrid environment right now. I think most of us have that. Uh, and I am at least bringing most of my department back on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, but I have a reason for it, and I actually explained to all of them. I said, I'm not bringing you back on Tuesdays and Thursdays because of work. Because I believed and we have proven to everyone uh, that we were way more productive when all of us were home. So this is not measuring for your work. And I had to be very clear with them. Mm -hmm. In fact, I am telling you very clearly, as you come to the office on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you are going to lose productivity. But I do want you to come, and everybody comes at the same day because I want to have those conversations about what car you bought or you know, what happened to your kid's education, when is the school starting, all that stuff is what we are missing. Initially, they thought, like, why are we supposed to be going back to work? Like, you know, the entire last year, he said, we are doing awesome, and we have been the most productive, and now he's saying, come back to work. But I had to explain it was to lose the productivity because we'll gain massive things. You know, we, uh, it's okay to have a short-term failure here to gain a long-term win, and that's what we are focusing on. Again, that's not required. It's encouraged. Yeah, and I would say WebEx is great. Zoom is great. All those things are great, but maybe I'm just old school because there is nothing more visceral than a whiteboard yep. marker. And, and there's something about being in the room with your team um, and, and, and getting them together that you just, you, you can have the best video crystal clarity and you're still going to lose some of that interaction. So for me, we were hybrid prior to um, the pandemic, okay. right? And, 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 and so we kind of just said our whole motto is whatever you were doing before, do now, right? So we have a lot of people back in the office and it's really refreshing to see that. Um, but I think the key is, is when it really comes down to it, you can work anywhere but I think you still have to make a conscious effort to get everybody together periodically to, to really spark that because 
I'm just be honest with you, you know, having being away, I mean, uh, for a whole year from my team and like it, I, I'm, I'm going to Vancouver for the first time in a long time because they just opened the borders. I have a whole team in Vancouver and being away from that, you know, has been it's been tough. Right. Because you don't have those experiences and those connections yes. to break bread together. So I'm not saying you can't be remote, but break bread together, get together, get on those whiteboards right. and make and make time to do those things because they're important. And I think you're saying the same thing. I just that's yeah. very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we were very different here in North America. Uh, as you see, we didn't go home. Um, yeah. Because yeah. of what the product that we manufacture and how it's used in the, in the market, we were uh, a... a a, a critical piece of, of, of uh, not only helping people stay safe, but you know, mm. all of our industries still were functioning as uh, you know as necessary entities. So we were there, and SMC was, did a really cool thing and said, "Hey, if our factory employees have to be here, if our warehouse employees have to be here, we're going to be here to support them." So we stayed in the office. It's awesome. Um, so from a North American standpoint, it was probably the thing that kept me sane. Um, <laughs> being able to see people yep. every day, yep. yes. being able to go grab yeah. lunch with somebody, being able to sit in a room and talk, being able to get in front of a whiteboard and let's have a discussion. I think that that, that helped us quite a bit. Um, when you look at what we're trying to do from a, a global standpoint, by nature we're already federated out. We got mm. people all over right. the world. Right. You know, you know, our biggest a lot of times our biggest issue is fighting time zones. You know, <laughs> and, and things like that. But you know, at the end of the day, the, the goal is like I said. We're working on ways to bring everyone together at least yes. every once in a while, yes. so you can so you can experience somebody's person and you know in person, so you can you know, have those conversations that you wouldn't that just don't feel natural over a Zoom or, or WebEx, right? And get to know the people that you're working with. Absolutely. You know, I thought I thought Sean, I, I was a people person, so I would love to go and meet with folks. And then just a few minutes ago, as we were preparing for this, I heard the story that Grant shared, where he actually went and visited a couple of people in his department at their home. So right. yeah, I got a stayed in my one of my manager's operations guest bedroom. Now it's great. Now, <laughs> I, now I'm assuming this wasn't unannounced, though, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, like you know, just you just show up on the door. I, and I, like, hey. his, his wife would not have approved of that. No, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we we had a barbecue and we have we <laughs> okay, have good. this happened happened a bunch of people. Yeah. in Atlanta and we said hey can we get together and obviously we did the social distance and everything but I was just I needed to see my team huh? and we made it work awesome yeah. yeah I think a critical piece of leadership that you can read is, is what the concept of called doing laps so not going out and going around the track it's not a fitness thing yeah. but getting uh, into the office and going around and, and uh, you know communicating you've taken that to a whole new level you know by traveling to their uh, their home it's like hey if we're going hybrid i'm going to do laps that means i've got well now i got to fly to vancouver um so okay congrats on setting the bar you know uh, super high there you know i call it i call it management by wandering around <laughs> you learn you learn yeah. so much oh Seriously, my goodness i'm not telling you right now. Yeah. I mean, you learn so much i've had experiences where i had somebody i was just walking around and i said hi and we started yeah. talking and i'm like she doesn't seem to be engaged Right. And I called her in my office and I said, what happened? You're not engaged today. It's like, no, this happened with my manager and I don't know and I should start looking for another job. And she opened up. Mm -hmm. She's still with us and she's doing brilliant. But if that managing my wandering around wouldn't have happened, I guarantee you she would be, she would have quit in the next two weeks or so. So yeah. there are times That's you learn so much. And I don't think, at least maybe, maybe I didn't do it right, but I couldn't do that last year through a team's call. Like, you know, how right. many times are you going to go wake up? Hey, yeah. what's going on? Like, oh, right. what do you want? And, you know, right. it's like, 
Oh no, he's calling me. Yeah, right. he's just yeah. calling me. Like yeah. he needs something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, that just the teams, yeah. teams or Zoom never helped that. Yeah. yeah. Sending a message over Slack, taking the chat is not really yeah. an yeah. icebreaker. To yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. then going away for ten minutes while I sweat, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, never underestimate the power of an impromptu yeah. office nerf war. Oh yeah. Bonding. Awesome. All right, I'll make a note that we'll have to make some investment in uh, in Nerf. I'll get I'll get with HR on that first. Okay, this is an ask forgiveness situation. Yeah. This is what you're telling me. Aren't all HR situations that way? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So we've we've beat people to death here a little bit. It, what, one thing I will say before moving on in the process is um, yeah, it's uh, it's clear to see that you know as leaders in IT you guys have a heart for people. I think we could spend probably the majority of this round table and even the networking talking about that aspect yes. um, of our job. You guys take that very seriously and so it's awesome to see that. With the concept of legacy, why do you think process is kind of in that same boat with the IT world as something you know that is this negative con con connotation? Because it slows things down in people's heads. Right, yeah. and then uh, you know, I, I one of the things that someone said to me, and it took me a while. I had to process it. They said, "I am too busy to be in a hurry," and uh, and so I've kind of adopted that with my team. It's like, listen, you know, uh, you know, one of the great IT books, uh, you know, Phoenix Project, with they says, you know, anything, any improvement other than the bottleneck is just an illusion, right? And we yeah. take that to heart, right? So for us, it's you know, process really when done right should speed things up. And if it's not, you've got the wrong, process. Got the wrong process. Is that not the, the key to modernization efforts? Is that you're looking at advancing process? I thought it was complexity. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, there's, there's twofold that I think, there, in, especially when you talk in the legacy, people's process is their identity a lot of times. Yes. And mm. so they get hesitant to share that process because that's their identity, and they're afraid, you know, like we talked about before, hey, if I show somebody how to do this and they figure out a better way to do this, I'm out of here, mm. you know? And I think, so there's already a hesitation for that. They think their value is this process, where the value is not the process, this right. is what they do. Mm. Their value is something totally different. But then in the line of, of what to, to, from a process standpoint, what to optimize, I mean, you hit it dead, you know, right there with the Phoenix Project. Mm. A lot of people go find processes that have zero value to begin with <laughs> and have zero value when they're optimized, so they optimize a bunch of crap. And they think they're doing a great job. But Mike, that's the way we've always done Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we see people who get incentivized and, and are, are praised for, for, for um, optimizing processes. And then you're like, did we, you know, the, no one asked the question before, should we have actually ever done any of this stuff? <laughs> you know, and, and, and so a lot of times, those, those are the easy things to, a lot of times to optimize. Mm. And, you know, digging into those constraints, digging into those bottlenecks and trying to find the one small tweak that you can make make the next small tweak, mm. that takes a lot of work. I mean, yeah. it take, and it takes a lot of people's patience to do that. So I think sometimes getting into those processes falls to the, to the wayside because it, it's not, it gets in the way of you doing your normal eight to five. So mm, Agreed, 100%. Yeah, so when I think about process, sometimes uh, people usually associate to like how you manage work. Right, so it's kind of workflow management, um, and one aspect of it. But I also think it's just this mindset to how you do what you're doing, and and how you deliver it. I think it's inherently how you kind of build culture. So obviously, I work in data and analytics. 
Um, and one of the things I talk about with people who want a data-driven culture is, well, what's the mindset under which you're delivering data and analytic products? Um, and then taking that and actually applying it to a workflow management, applying it to a process, for example, like Agile. How have you seen the influences of modernization play a part in the modernization of process? Mm. So one of the, I'm not sure who said it, but uh, uh, I, one of my old boss used to uh, quote, he said, uh, you know, if all we have are facts, we'll go with the facts. If all we have are our opinions, we'll go with mine. Um, <laughs> so the, the, uh, the data-driven um, aspect of decision-making, it takes, it takes the, uh, the ambiguity out of the room, right? And so, you know, for us, you know, the more data we have, the better, because it eliminates... Now, how you approach that data and how you interpret it and how you attack it, that's where you want to be. And so from a modernization perspective from, for us... You know, one of the things we look at when we look at all our different SaaS product lines is we say, okay, can we get all the data from these things and dump it in and then get visibility that we can actually provide benefit, but not only to us, but back into our customers. So we have a unique situation at T2 where the overwhelming majority of our customers are not competing with each other. And so they love to share data and love to share insights and things of that nature. So modernization for data for us is, is really, you know, you know you, you could look at it as a revenue stream, you could look at a lot of things, but at the end of the day, it's really empowerment for our customers to make wise decisions. So what we need to do is provide them the data and get out of the way, and then provide them the community to have that. So we've built an entire community around sharing that information and sharing that data and those decision making. And so that's modernization through process, because we said, here's your data, are you willing to benchmark and share it with others in your organization? Because you don't have one university competing with another in their parking department, it just doesn't happen, right? Yeah. Um, and and so that's been positive for us. You know, decision making through data is uh, is is not a, it's not truly a process. It's actually a mindset shift that many yes. organizations, just like agile, it's it's a mind shift. You know, and a lot of time leaders fail because they look at it as a new process, uh, and that's not what it is. There's also there's al there's always a human element, and I always say this that uh, data is helpful, and it's if if the insight you get from it is brilliant, but there's always the human, the experience that needs to be joined to make a better decision. Uh, and I've seen it so many times. People torture the data enough uh, that they can make it look whatever they want it to look like. <laughs> and then the facts are gone. Then it becomes opinion, and your boss is right in that case. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think using a more data-driven uh, method, it also brings a lot of transparency. Yeah. Because you can't create a data-driven method in a, in a vacuum. You've got yep. to be able to understand the process, the decisions. What was the human element? What did we used to do? And at that point, it becomes uh, more, more solid, but then you there's a lot more trust in that data because yes. it is transparent in how it's created. It is transparent yes. in how it is used at that point. Yeah, I always say that it's very, very important to expose the context behind the content. Um, and I, I, my last panel that I was on, we, it was specific to data and analytics, and they talked about what do you think that was the hardest or most challenging part? And I was integrity. Everyone assumed I meant data integrity, and I actually meant people integrity. Yes. Yep. Right? And so I, I kind of still maintain for data and analytics that's still the biggest challenge is not allowing people to take and interpret uh, data into a way that uh, really misleads uh, folks. So I do have one final question for you guys. I know we're at the top of the hour, but before I do it, is there any other questions uh, that we have, whether online or in person, that you guys have for the panel? You're like, no, I want cocktails and get back. Yeah, all right, you're going for MVP of questions. <laughs>
you know, for, and from a from a North American standpoint, and even from the team I have uh, that are global, uh, selfishly, I love them. I would love them all in my office. I, you know, I, I'd love them that you know to be there. From a talent pool standpoint, that just doesn't always work. Right. So we have we have people all over the country, even working for the global group inside of uh, this house in North America, and then obviously everywhere else in the world. You know, it's already dispersed, but you know, even them. Well, three or four people in Spain, they want to be in the office so they can talk to each other more and have that, that connection. So we're not putting any requirements from that aspect, which ha in some ways has helped us a little bit from uh, from a how we recruit and how we how we staff. Um, but if I, you know, selfishly, if I had my way, everyone would be in the office. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes again. Yeah. All right, we have three yeses. All right, so final final question. We talked about tech. We've yeah. talked about people. We've talked about process. Which of the three do you think is actually the hardest to advance? Wow. Um, for me, I think it would be process. Seriously, uh, I, I think I think technology is the easiest of three. Uh, people, if you do the right thing, if you if you know your heart is at the right place and you are going to help them grow and you accept that it's going to be a painful process, but we will support you, I think they get there eventually. But process, uh, because people still love to use the seven words, which is because that is how we have always done. <laughs> and I I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Come back to me. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I was going <laughs> to say the same thing. I mean, being, you know, my background, technology was my background. I've done technology for yeah. years. That's the easy one. Yep. Um, you know, pivoting and figuring out how you decide how to apply technology has always been hard. So it automatically makes people process the harder. And then just from a, a natural standpoint, even though people are the more complex conversation, mm. um, because of how rewarding it can be, yep. it doesn't always feel as hard as it actually is. So, yeah, same thing. Process to me is, is, is probably the hardest to grasp. So I'm going to go against the grain. and I, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's shocking for those who know me. But um, <laughs> so when I look at it, I, I, think it's actually, I think it's people, but it's not from a negative perspective. Um, when I look at it, um, I think, you know, with the translation of how we do work uh, as a culture, there's this mindset, you know, we've, and there's all those stories about can we move to a four-day work week? You know, what's it look like if we just work wherever? And all these different things. But at the end of the day, what, what I kind of just go back to is everybody, if you've, if you want to keep somebody and you want them to advance, you want them to feel um, uh, like they're a part of the team, you've got to cons consistently make sure that they are aligned with the vision and that they are adding to the vision and they feel like they're on the bus. And um, when you have this spread out culture, when you have this spread out remote culture, when you have those things, um, I'd be, I think anybody would be lying to say that that's, hard, that's, that's easy to do. And so I think when I look at it, it's less about the individual interactions. Individual interactions, great. But when you've got a team that's diverse and dispersed and everything of that nature, for me, it's I always am worried that I didn't have the right interaction with that person or I didn't spend enough time in the hallway with that person. And you're constantly, from that heart of people, right, you constantly just like, you don't want something to slip through the cracks. So when I think about it, I think about it from the standpoint of I want to treat everybody on my team like the rock star that they are and how do I do that? And how do I get that same, um, that mantra across the organization? And I don't always get there. And so that's just something I think we all have to work on, but yep. that, to me, that's why it's people. Mike, Grant, Narav, thank you guys so much you. for your time. Uh, let's give the panelists here a hand. Sure. Obviously, uh, we'll uh, break. For those of you who had uh, joined us online and even in person, 
this was recorded, and so you guys will get an email link. Um, there's also a podcast that Mosier does, and so the audio version of this will actually be coming out um, over our uh, podcast, so look uh, forward to that. That podcast is called Asky Anything, and so definitely would uh, love for you guys to go out and hit the subscribe button. Um, and like you and subscribe. Can <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> and subscribe. Hit the bell. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> I, I don't have a YouTube channel, but you watch way too much YouTube, and you know how to do this. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you know. Um, for those that are here, uh, obviously we do have gifts and we do have cocktails, and so we would definitely appreciate you guys to hang around, interact with one another, with the panelists. Um, thank you guys so much for being here. Again, uh, thanks for the panelists. And a big, big thank you to Melinda and her team at Mosier for being able to coordinate everything that went into bringing us uh, together in person and online. Thank you guys so much. Let's go have some drinks. Thank you for listening in to this week's edition of Ask you Anything presented by Mosier Consulting. We hope you enjoyed listening in to part two of our CIO roundtable. Join us next week when we continue to dive deeper with our resident experts and what they're currently working on. Remember, if you have an idea or a topic you'd like us to explore, please reach out to us through our social media channels. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcast. Until then, so long, everybody. Go.